Happy Easter to you. We're so glad that you're here and joining us here at Fairdale Christian Church. And if we haven't seen you in a while, we're so glad that you're here today. If, we're, if you're new, uh, we've got a real special little gift that we would love to give to you today. There's a card in the back of the seat in front of you. It says belong on the top of it. And if you'd fill that out, just take a quick moment to do that. And if you'll stop by our Next Steps area, as you leave in the, in the lobby, you see a wall that says Next Steps on it. If you just swing by there, uh, we'll have some volunteers and some staff that would love to say hi. And uh, I've got a special little gift for you uh, just to say, hey, thanks for being here today. Now, something, if you've been around for a few weeks or maybe a few months, and you're like, man, I really like this church, and I'd like to know more about what it means to... You know, to be a member here or my next steps with with Christ, I'm not sure what that looks like, but I'm interested in that. We've got a special gathering coming up in just a couple of weeks on May 1st called Starting Point. And maybe you've heard us talk about that before, but it's kind of like an intro to, okay, what is this place all about and how do I get involved? We'd love for you to join us. We're going to serve a meal. Uh, We'll we'll just be a, a couple of hours together, get to meet some leaders and some other folks that call this place home. So we'd love to invite you to mark that on your calendar as well. And you know, I know today's Easter, but we do this every week. It's really cool. We have church every Sunday and next week. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I kind of had to shameless plug and promo here. Uh, we're, we're beginning a new series next week. And you know, the way I like to describe our relationship with God, I feel like a lot of us, we're stumbling towards Jesus. Sometimes we get it right, sometimes we don't. And you know, we're in good company because you look through Scripture, you find that there's so many men and women that that, that describes them exactly. And so we're going to be doing this series we call Saints and Struggles. What are the issues that we're all wrestling with, uh, you know, touching on a lot of real stuff, depression, loneliness, and the need to, to feel like I'm enough, you know, approval. How do, I, how do I live in this world and follow Christ, and yet I still kind of miss the mark from time to time? That's where we're going starting next weekend, and I want to invite you to join us and be part of that, and I, I know it's going to be a breath of fresh air for many of us. Now, somebody told me the other day, uh, Rodney, I think I might be just a little bit loud. It's ringing a little bit. But somebody told me just the other day, they said, now, you know, Easter's coming. It's this Sunday. This has got to be the easiest day of the year for you because you know exactly what you're preaching about, right? I said, on the contrary, it's actually the hardest day of the year. And they said, well, why would that be? You, you already know the topic. I said, yeah, but here's the problem is that pretty much all of us, we think that we know everything we need to know about the Easter story, about the resurrection. We think we know it so well and there's nothing else for us to know. And and the truth is, and what, what I really believe, is that when we approach this story, there should be something that we see every time that just sort of opens our heart a little more, that opens our mind a little more and say, well, I didn't realize that. And we say, but God has been so good. He's been so good to us. And I know that a lot of you, you think you've heard this before, you've seen this before, but my hope is that maybe today you'll hear something that really just stirs your heart in a way that just helps you to feel connected to the Lord a little more. And I love Easter, and and you know why? I, I love it because life is so hard. Because life is hard, and, and it's just today we celebrate because God is so good, and Jesus conquered he beat death once and for all and he lives and there's so much hope for us today in that truth and those two little words that he lives 
That's just enough. Like those two words, if you want to go crazy and make it three words, you can say Jesus is alive. And that those three words that we celebrate and we remember today have reverberated throughout history and have changed the world for generations. You know, no matter where you stand today, whether you say, you know, yeah, I'm a faithful follower of Christ, or you say, I'm not sure where I am, or oh, I don't know, I'm just here because of Grandma. Wherever you're at, you cannot deny the fact that a man named Jesus 2,000 years ago, something happened, and it's changed history forever. And we're here we are 2,000 years later, we're still celebrating that because we know he's alive. And I know who's here today. I, I know, y'all look great, by the way, your Easter clothes, fantastic. But I know, I know who's here. Many of us, we're here. We are faithful followers. This is a, and you know what's so awesome about today. You know why we celebrate. Some of you are here and you say, yeah, I'm just here for my mom. We're going to get a picture she promised me lunch. I think we're having ham. You know, there better be deviled eggs there today. Uh, but but, but this, is, this is what I what I know. That even if you don't know if the resurrection of Jesus is something that you even believe in, I, I know that you're here, and we're glad that you're here. But I'm going to tell you something that's true. This is, the, this is the honest truth, and it's a promise. Because Jesus conquered life, because Jesus conquered death, we all have the possibility of life. Life is possible for all of us. God wants to do something for you. And you may not be able to feel that right now. Some of you may not be sure if you even believe that right now. But I'm telling you, as, as, as God is my witness, if I have any honor or believability at all, if there's any part of you that looks up here at me and says, you know, I, I don't know, I don't think that dude would straight up lie to my face. If there's any part of you that thinks that at all, I'm telling you this honest truth that the resurrection of Jesus is a physical and historical reality. There's so much evidence, it's overwhelming. It stands up in any court of law. The, the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and is alive today and forevermore, it changes everything about our existence. Because he lives, life is possible for you. He wants to do something. It is, it is a reality. Maybe you've heard the name C.S. Lewis. Um, prolific author. He was an atheist for a long time in his life. Not a believer. And then he really, looking at the evidence, he came to the conclusion that there's no other explanation that, but that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. And so he became a Christian, uh, became a theologian, wrote a lot of great books. You probably are familiar with The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Narnia stuff. Those are some of the fictional things that he wrote. But he wrote a lot of great uh, a lot of great the theological books as well. But one of the, my favorite quotes by C.S. Lewis, he says that there are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. That there's better things to look forward to. They're far greater. That's what grabs us on Easter. It's because we know what Jesus has already accomplished for us, which is great. And yet even as good as that is, there are far, far better things ahead to look forward to and we we thank god for that because i don't know if you've noticed this or not i don't know if you've surfed the web or if you turned on the news if you if you look at anything at all i don't know if you've seen this but our world is a little bit you know you might say it's a little fouled up if you're a real redneck you might substitute a different f word in there but it's a mess our world is so screwed up and it's and life is messy and it's painful and unpredictable the Apostle Paul said it this way in the New Testament. He said, let me ask you something. Paul's pushing back on us. Let me ask you something profound yet troubling. 
If you became believers because you trusted the proclamation that Christ is alive, risen from the dead, how can you let people say that there's no such thing as a resurrection? If there's no resurrection, then there's no living Christ. And face it, if there's no resurrection for Christ, then everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors. And everything that you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors. And not only that, but we would be guilty of telling a string of barefaced lies about God. All these affidavits we passed on to you, verifying that God raised up Christ. Sheer fabrications if there's no resurrection. Verse 20 says, if all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we're a pretty sorry lot. But the truth is that Christ has been raised up. The first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. I can't tell you how many graves I've stood at with my Bible and read a few words and stand there with a mourning and grieving family trying to muster up something that's going to bring a little bit of hope. I can't think of anything better than this verse right here that Christ has been raised up and he's the first in a long line of legacies of people that are going to leave these cemeteries. Now I'm not trying to give you hype today. I don't want to hype you but I'm trying to give you hope I want you to know the reality of this and what it means for us and how it changes us. I want you to lift that head up. God wants to do something for you. Life is possible, but there is, and and this is the real issue, and this is, we just can't ignore this. There's a major, major, major barrier to all of this. I don't care if you've been following Jesus for 50 years or for five minutes or if you're not following him at all, we've all got a similar problem and it keeps us from the amazing things that God has in store for us we all get right in our own way we wonder like what's the problem what 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 keep what's holding me back why why do i keep you know just keep running into the same walls i'm stuck in the same rut you know one of the days you you get up in the morning you look in the mirror and you kind of wipe the sleep out of your eyes and say there's the problem there he is right there it's him He's the one. I'm in my own way. I've known people like that my whole life. I've been like that a few times. My whole life. I, I just keep stepping into it. I was talking with a guy two weeks ago. True, this is a true story. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Two weeks ago, I'm talking to this guy, sitting around a little campfire, and he tells me, he says, yeah, I'll tell you something you probably don't know about me. And I said, what's that? He said, yeah, a few years ago, I won the lottery. $1.6 million. I said, whoa, wow, that's that's awesome. Uh, your life must be pretty good then, right? Like, that's, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, no, no, it's, it's all gone. And I, I said, what, what do you mean? Like, that's like life-changing kind of money. What do you mean it's gone? How is it gone? He said, it's, it's gone. I'm like, how? And he said, oh, I just couldn't help myself. I just couldn't help it. You know, they say the, the average lottery winner within five years are broke. How is that possible? It's because we just keep getting in our own way. We just, because we think we've got it all figured out, or we're going to figure things out. I know best. I'll I'll get to this, and we go through life as if everything depends on us, and some of us are a little better at that than others, but that's the way we live, and we're, we're not tapped into the resurrection power of Jesus. We haven't allowed the truth of that to penetrate our lives to make any real kind of change. We're going through motions and we're living our life and we're wondering why does it just feel so 
boring. Where's the, is this really what it is all cracked up to be? Is this what adulthood is? Is this it? We keep getting in our own way. It's one thing to have doubts in life. You know, there's a lot of things that, that I have doubts about. But it's another thing to let those doubts take over. And then to allow your life to be driven by what you're doubting. I don't want to let my life be guided by my doubts. I want my life to be driven by what I'm sure of. The things that I know. What's the truth? You remember the song? We used to, those of you that you, you guys are like church babies. Those of you that you grew up in church. We used to sing out of the hymnal all the time. When we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus. What's that last song? You, you guys know it. We'll sing and shout the victory. Oh man, I remember singing that on Easter. Oh, what a day it'll be. What a day when we all see Jesus. You know, that's great. But the problem is we're not in heaven yet. We're not there yet. And life, sometimes it just feels like we're in this kind of purgatory where I'm just waiting in the unknown. What's going to happen with my job? Like, it's great. Yeah, when we all get to heaven, that's awesome. But what, what, what about, uh, what's that scan going to show? I've got a doctor's appointment on Wednesday. What's it going to show? What about my health? What about my kids? What about... What about my family? What about these unknown things that I'm just waiting and wondering? What are we going to do? What am I going to do? Do you know what the very first question was on Resurrection Sunday? You think Jesus has just come out of the tomb. What was the very first recorded question that was asked? I want to look at it in Mark chapter 16. It says that Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and they purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. And very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. And on the way there, they were asking each other, here's the first question on Easter Sunday, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? In other words, what are we going to do? What's going to happen when we get there? What are we going to see? What are we going to experience? You know the feeling. You, you know the feeling when you when you feel like you've got to do something, but you don't know what to do. Like you just like I, I just got to move right now. I, I don't know what I need to do, but I've got to do something. My wife is really bad about this. Uh, she starts cleaning. <laughs> it's like. It's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm washing dishes. I'm like, oh, those dishes were already clean. Yeah, I know, but I just thought I'd clean them again. Just, I got to do something right now. I don't know what to do with myself, but I got to do something. That's what these ladies are doing. They're going to the tomb. They don't know what they're doing. They, they don't know what's going to happen when they get there. What are we going to do? And this is the problem that we have. We're so worried about what we're going to do. that We don't stop and ask, what does God want to do for me? What does God want in my life? Some of you are in marriages that you think, you know, this is the year we're filing for divorce. We've tried the counseling. We've tried holding, you know, trying to stick together for the kids. We've tried, we've tried, we've tried. And, you know, we go on dates and we spend all this money. But this is the year. I, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. And, and we haven't stopped for one microsecond to think, what does God want to do in this with me? We're getting those same patterns in our lives. and Maybe those of you that are single or those of you that are widowed or wherever you're at, 
it could be anything in any area, in any realm of your life. You're asking yourself the question, what am I doing? And we, we, we just don't stop and say, what does God want to do? How does he want to speak life into this situation? And many of us are in a place right now where we are convinced that life is honestly over because I've made one too many mistakes. I've missed one too many opportunities. I should have, could have, would have. You know, why didn't I buy Bitcoin? What is it? That a quarter. You know, what, what was I thinking? What, what am I doing right now? And, and yet Jesus says, I want to give you a new life. You're stuck in your regrets. You're stuck in what, what could have been. I want to give you a new purpose. There's going to be a new day. We, get, we, we just, what are we going to do? And then for some of us really good Christians... When we're there, what we do is we say, okay, well, this is bad, but at least one day I'll be in heaven. Someday in the future, what a day that will be. And we say, well, I'm, and I'm really grateful, okay, it's Easter, and I'm really thankful that 2,000 years ago, Jesus died for my sins. And that's true. It's true, one day we'll be in heaven, and it's true that he died for our sins. But what about right now? What about this day? What about... This life, these moments that we have, because we can't live with our faith in the future and our purpose in the past. What do I do today? What about tomorrow? This week, this month, this year, next year? How do I live without, without thinking, okay, well, everything's just in the future, not right now, or everything's already been in the past? This is what happened when the women got to the tomb where Jesus had been. We, we already know how this ends. I'm not going to, you know, spoiler alert, he's alive. But what hit me this week, they're, they're wondering, what are we going to do? How will we move the stone? Verse 4 said, it says that when they arrived, they looked up and they saw the tomb, which was very large, or they saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. or already been done for them. It jumped out to me. It's, it's already done. Uh, some of you are waiting for God to move in your life. You say, well, if God wants to do something for me, I'm waiting. Here I am. He knows how to find me. And you're taking this passive attitude of, well, I, you know, if he wants to just show up and do something, here I am. And then we wonder why nothing's happening. Why, why am I still in the same ruts? God's, God is already moving. You just haven't caught up. You're just, not, you're just not there yet. You're not willing to engage. And, but when you get there, when you get to that point in your life where you're like, okay, I'm at the end, I'm at the end of me. I'm at the end of what I know and, and the patience that I've got. And I get to that moment that I'm scared to death of. That's the moment that you find out, oh, God, you were already here. You've been here. You've been waiting on me. The next few verses tell us that when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And the women were shocked, understandably. But the angel said, well, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. He shows him. Here's the area. And, and you, you know the scripture tells us that the, the grave clothes that Jesus had been wrapped in, that they were just lying there, and there was a cloth that his head was wrapped in, that it was folded, that he'd folded it. And, and you read that, and you go, well, why was it folded? I believe it was folded because Jesus got up on purpose. 
He didn't just get up that day. He didn't just come back from the dead. But he came back from the dead on purpose and for a purpose. And, and the women on the way to the tomb that morning, they were worried about the stone being in the way. And they were just sure that they were going to go anoint a dead body. But this is over. The disciples were hiding. They thought everything was over because they knew Jesus was dead. And now they've got to figure out what do we do now? What's the direction of our life going to look like from this moment on? And even though the whole time, for three years, Jesus had been telling these people, I'm going to die. This is going to happen. Don't be alarmed. But the Son of Man has got to suffer many things. But three days later, he, he will resurrect. If the temple is destroyed, I will rebuild it. I mean, he'd been telling them this over and over and over, and yet they forgot. They got in their own way. They were relying on their own understanding, their own thinking, their own old patterns. They lost hope. Jesus is gone now. It's over. They're looking down. What do we do? Many of you, that's where you're at. You're just looking down. I don't know. It's whatever. It is what it is. What do I do now? I'm not sure. And we're looking at our lives and we're thinking, well, that's over. And you're looking to yourself for all the answers. You know, well, I got myself here, so I guess I got to get myself out. And I got to try to figure, figure what I'm, what I'm not doing. I'm looking to, maybe if I get more stuff, that'll fill the hole. If I accumulate or if I try to be more. And you know, Easter's great, wonderful day. But what about tomorrow? Because if I'm honest, the marriage is crumbling. Uh, I just got laid off. My kids don't call. Grandkids are on drugs. I don't know what to do. We're looking at bankruptcy. I'm glad that Jesus is alive. That sounds great. I know that heaven is supposed to be wonderful, but how does that help me today? That's the tension of Easter. What about right now? It can be excruciating. You know, that's actually where we get the word excruciating from the root word crucifixion. Because it's the most painful form of death that humans ever invented. Jesus knows a little something about the painful moments that we face in life. And, and that's why I'm not trying to be all happy clappy up here today. Because I, you know, I, I know it's not like, yeah, I know, I know everything is rough at home. and Things are rough on Monday morning. But hey, don't worry about that because boom, Jesus is alive. So let's put a ribbon on it and everything's better now. And we don't have to worry about that. I know that that's not reality. That's not, that's not the way life works. But what I do know is that in the valleys and the deserts that we all go through, that God is so much greater than all of our weaknesses. That the power of God at work in our life is more than enough. If you don't, if you don't know what that's like, I'm going to push on you. If you say, eh, okay, yeah, I've heard that before. But you, you don't feel that on a spiritual level. It's time to get right with God. It's time for you to get right with God. If you haven't sensed that. Because you are missing out on the best that God has to offer today. There's one more verse I'm going to look at in Mark 16. The, the women had been to the tomb. They didn't know what to do. The stone had already been moved. And the angel says, hey, he's not here. Remember? Remember what he told you? And they're like, yeah, okay. They're, things are starting to click a little bit, but they're still really confused. I'm sure their minds were going a mile a minute. And verse 8 says that they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them. 
And they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The Bible says they were afraid. We love to use labels, don't we? As they were they're afraid. You know, we, we label everything, you know, maybe maybe you feel afraid today. You say, Yeah, that's me. That's a big part of my life right now. Fear, being afraid. But I look I look this verse up because I'm I'm reading this, and one of the things that I do every week, I'm looking at a passage and I'm like, I gotta pull something out of here that I didn't realize because scripture is so rich. And sometimes you can just look at one word. And you understand that the, the New Testament was written, most of it was written in the Greek language. And if you know anything about ancient Greek, uh, it, it's a very, very interesting language. One word can have such a huge meaning. I call them picture words. It's like one little word, you, you instantly get, oh yeah, well that word means all of this. We don't really have that in the English language. So I'm looking, I'm looking this passage up. In the original context, and it's the original language, I'm like, what did it mean when it says that they were trembling and, and astonishment had gripped them? Well, astonishment was no surprise there. It basically means, oh, wow. Like they were shocked, you know. This is a surprising situation, of course. That makes sense. But what, what did it mean that they were trembling? The Greek word is the word tramas. It almost sounds like traumas, but it's not. It's, it's tramas. And this is what it means. It means it's the anxiety of one who distrusts their ability completely to meet all requirements, but they faithfully do their utmost to fulfill their duty. In other words, it means, I don't think I can do this, but I know who can. I, I don't have the ability, I don't have the talent or the, the, the intelligence or the passion or whatever the genetic makeup to be able to do this but i know that god can and that is exactly the way god calls us to approach him so don't don't rely on your own strength don't lean on your own understanding but trust me don't fall back on what you think that you know or how you think you're going to figure out this scenario or how you think you're going to move forward trust me Hold my hand and let's go there together. We say, God, I can't, but I know you can, and so I'm going to walk your trail. I'm going to go where you want to go. I'm going to get up every day with a clear mind and a repentant heart. You say, you know, I know that I'm, I'm, I've screwed my life up, and I know that I've made mistakes, and I know that I've missed opportunities that were right in front of me. But Lord, take my hand and guide me today. I want to seek you and I want to follow your ways because I know that your ways are not my ways. And, and God's thoughts are not my thoughts. They're so much higher. And I think sometimes I'm convinced that I, I'm, I'm so smart and I know what I'm doing. But God, is, is, he sees it all. And that's the problem with Easter. The problem with Easter is we've summarized it. That's why I say Easter is the hardest day of the year to preach on. Because we think we know it all. Got it. I know the story. I've heard it. I go every year to church on Easter. And we think we've got this all figured out, and we don't. We can't begin to fathom the mind of God and what Easter really means for us and for, for all of humanity. But we have summarized Easter, and we've boxed it up, and we've put a pretty little bow on it. But the reality of that first Easter morning was it was filled with fear and a lot of doubt, a lot of uncertainty. 
The women show up, there's an angel there, and they're fear and trembling. I don't know what to do, but I think God's doing something. Start, that's how the whole day starts out with a group of ladies on the way to the tomb. They didn't know what they were going to do when they got there. And then you got a group of guys, the disciples, that didn't even bother to show up. Sounds like a lot of us. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'd do if I did. We keep getting in the way. Can I just encourage you a little bit? It's time for us to get out of the way. It's time for us to lay some stuff down. It's time to try a different way. The resurrection proves that God wants to do something in your life. That life is possible. You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to live in this place that you've been living. The resurrection of Jesus wasn't just a one-time isolated thing. It's not something stuck in the past or way off in the future. In John 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. It's not just something that happened. It's who he is. He says, anyone who believes in me will live even though he dies. Jesus is resurrection. Jesus came to give us the kind of life that we're looking for right now. Not someday in the future, but right now. It's not about the past. It's not about what's ahead. It's focused on what he is resurrecting right now. In the end of the book of John, and you know the story, you know that after, after Jesus came back to life, he appeared to the disciples, even to Thomas. I love the story of Thomas. He's a guy that says, I'm not, I, even after the, the, the women said, we saw the angel, and then you got like Peter and John, that like, oh my gosh, yes, the tomb is empty. And then Jesus had appeared to some of the disciples, and like, we saw the Lord, Thomas. We saw him. And Thomas says, I will not believe until I put my hands into the, the, the holes in his hands and his feet and, and feel his side where the spear went. Till I can see it for myself, is what Thomas said. Then I'm not going to believe. And Jesus, in his great mercy, appeared to Thomas. He said, Thomas, I know what you need. And I, I, you know, I always think if I, if I were in, in Jesus' shoes, maybe I'd want to slap him upside the head and say, what's the matter with you, man? Why won't you trust anything that these guys, you've been with these guys this whole time? But he doesn't. He says, Thomas, I know. Here, feel. Feel here. Put your hand here. He appeared to Thomas, and he appeared to hundreds of other people, many of whom, by the way, you, look in, you want to look at a historical aspect of Easter, of the hundreds of people who claimed they saw Jesus alive. They'd seen him before he died. They said, that was the guy. We saw him. They went to their deaths without recanting. All they had to do, these people that were, that were being crucified and and thrown to lions and, and drawn in quarters and these horrible ways of, of, of execution. And all they had to do was say, ah, yeah, we made it up, never mind. And they could go on about their lives. Nobody dies for a lie. And yet hundreds and hundreds of people went to, their gruesome, to a gruesome end because they would not recant that they had seen Jesus alive. That's historical fact. And at the end of the book of John... He writes and he says that the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, and that by believe this is the very last line in the book of John, that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Man, that's a good line. 
It's you believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will have life by the power of his name. That's what's so great today, that by believing and trusting in the powerful name of Jesus, you have life. I don't know where you are today in relation to all of that. A lot of the times, what I, what I see many of us do, we, we don't want to interact with the reality of the resurrection. So we distract ourselves instead. I don't want to think about that. So I'm going to think about these things. Because if I think about that, if Jesus is risen from the dead, then that means he is who he said he was. And if he is who he said he is, that's got major implications for my life. That means that my life is not my life. That means that he's in control. And that means that one day, that I don't want to think about this. I don't want to think about this, so I'm going to think about sports. I don't want to think about this, so I'm going to think about Instagram. I don't want to think about this, so I'm going to think about career. But the fact of the matter is, one day... I'm going to stand before him, and he's going to be my judge. And he's going to look at me, and he's going to ask me the question, what did you do with the life that I gave you? What do we do then? What are we going to say? Jesus has made this incredible offer to us. That's, he interacts with us just the same way as he did with Thomas. He says, listen, I know you have doubts, and I know that you have struggle and there's problems and there's a lot about life in the world that you don't understand he says i will continue to be with you i will continue to come to you and and give you all that you need what do you need you can come to you can come to me in prayer whatever jesus said whatever you ask for whatever you ask me for in prayer you believe you'll have it so what are the hang-ups in your life today? What are the troubling things that are holding you back? What are the ways that you keep getting in the way? Let's bring that to God. Let's bring it to Him today and say, Lord, I need you to help me move past this. Because I need you right now. I, I know that you're a God for tomorrow, but I want you to be the God for today. Now, if you need somebody to talk to about that, you say, i got questions we're going to have volunteers at the Next Steps area. As you walk out today, you see in the lobby that little table and it says Next Steps. There's people that are trained and they just want, to, if you want to pray with them, they're willing to pray with you. If you want to ask questions, you know, we're, we don't have it all figured out. We're still stumbling towards Jesus too. But if you've got questions, you want somebody just to, you know, maybe, maybe you just need to vent a little bit. Sometimes I know it's like, gosh, I just need somebody to hear this. That's why they're there. If we'd invite you, we'd love for you to swing by before you leave today. But just so thankful that you shared the morning with us. Let me pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for the day that we remember and celebrate that Jesus is alive. God, we have, are still coming through a lot of problems and difficulty in our world. And we know that we're not, we're not in heaven yet. We know that things have not been made perfect yet. So in the tension and, and in, the, in the waiting, Lord, would you continue to, to strengthen us, to lift us up. I pray for every man and woman in here today that you lift our head, you lift our eyes, and help us to see the glory of your son, Jesus. That the power of his name 
would change us from the inside out. We thank you, Lord, that you have done everything for us that we need, that we could be eternally secure and safe in your arms. Change us, God. Remove the the things that are holding us back. Change us from the inside out so that we might be found faithful. I ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. Happy Easter. Can't wait to see you next week.